When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This podcast may cause dizziness, confusion, bloating, uncontrollable laughter, and in some cases, anal leakage. Listener discretion is strongly advised. This is episode number 124 of Excuse Me, That's Illegal, the podcast that takes a hardcore look, gets some softcore crimes. I'm your boy Leroy, coming at you straight out of the closet with an incident that happened in LA back in the early 90s. It's going to be super cool to revisit. I want to take a moment to thank everyone who's been sharing the podcast with their friends and loved ones, interacting with my content. It all helps in building the show and means a lot. The reviews are great too. I haven't thanked anyone for those in a while, so I want to shout out HK Ninja for their five star. Cute little podcast. Love hopping in the van and going on a ride to hear these amusing stories. Keep up the great work. Thanks, Ninja. And I'm even grateful for the critical ones, like this four star from Hogbeast, who said, Love the way Leroy tells the stories. Can't stand the air horns or the listeners' confessions, though. Okay. Uh, listener confessions, I don't know, I find them fun, and it's a way I can interact and get you guys involved, so they're not going anywhere. As for the air horn, it's been absent for quite some time, so thanks for reminding me, Hog Beast. That one was for you. Keep those reviews coming, please. I love them. Alright, let's get some cheesy jokes in, then move on with the show, shall we? These are both food-related. Why should you always knock before opening the fridge door? In case there's a salad dressing. (laughs) Okay, I don't know if I can top that one, but I'll try. Why couldn't the sesame seed stop talking? Because he was on a roll. (laughs) Alright everybody, hop in the minivan and let's cruise these suburban streets as I serenade you with a tale of low-level true crime. And don't worry my friends, I promise to get you back home with all your undergarments. Excuse me. 
episode number 124. What a riot. When I was a teenager, there was a group of us hanging out at my buddy Andrew's place. And there was a guy there most of us weren't particularly fond of. Anyway, his coat was draped over the arm of a couch in the back room. One of my pals snuck over and hawked a loogie on it. Then another, and another, and another. Eventually, there were like six of us spitting all over this guy's jacket throughout the night, to the point that it was dripping, just sopping wet with saliva from a bunch of teenage dirtbags. While I didn't like this guy, it was still something mean that we did, and not something I'm particularly proud of. Where am I going with this? Well, my point is, when there's a large group of people behaving badly, you can sometimes get caught up in the moment and do something wild and crazy that you wouldn't normally do. Today's story takes place in Los Angeles, California. All the way back in 1992, Thursday, April 30th to be exact. And this was a very scary time to be living in LA. One day earlier, the police officers who were involved in the Rodney King incident were acquitted on charges of assault with a deadly weapon and excessive use of force. I'm sure most of you remember who Rodney King was, but I'll give a quick refresher. Rodney was a black man who about a year earlier was pulled over for speeding. When police finally stopped him after an eight-mile chase, he put up a struggle and was beaten by the officers with their batons dozens of times. It was brutal, excessive, and all caught on tape by a citizen who watched in shock and horror. The footage made its way across America, and for the minorities in L.A. at the time, who already felt mistreated by the law, this was just confirmation, you know? And when these officers basically got off unpunished, the protesters, well, they weren't peaceful anymore. The people were pissed. They were mad as hell and they weren't going to take it anymore. It was mayhem. Rioting in the streets, the LAPD was overwhelmed, and for the next week or so, schools were closed, businesses battened down the hatches, there was a curfew, thousands of army troops, marines, and riot-trained officers were brought in. It was chaos. When all was said and done, 50 people would lose their lives along with 2,300 more injured. And there was about a billion dollars in property damage. A billion dollars! Wild stuff. Again, it was a scary time with the rioting and the arson, fires everywhere, and the looting. Oh, the looting. All business owners could do was close up shop and hope for the best. Hope they didn't fall victim to the madness. Now, most of the craziness took place in south-central L.A., but it kind of spread out everywhere, even into some of the higher-end neighborhoods, like Hollywood, home of the stars. And that's where we find ourselves. There was a very cool article in the New York Times I got my hands on from May 6th of 1992. They interviewed a young man who got caught up in all the excitement, all the hoopla, and got a little carried away himself. He agreed to talk about it, but only if they would call him Jim B., so he could stay out of trouble and keep his anonymity. Jim was a 24-year-old art student who spent the day, Thursday, April 30th, at the beach with six of his buddies. Jim's from the San Fernando Valley, but decided to stop by Hollywood to see the fires. It was an exciting time. I don't blame him. Here's our first quote from Jimmy B. There were these little kids with boxes of cigarettes running out of the stores. Ladies with boxes of detergent. It's free! It's free! I'm standing there just being cool, being mellow. 
but there was some very real energy in the air. You want a piece of the pie, end quote. And that's what I was sloppily alluding to in my opening anecdote on a much smaller scale, spitting on that dude's jacket. When there's a bunch of people enthusiastically getting in on the same act, it's hard not to give in and be a part of it. Jim was on Hollywood Boulevard, where there's a lingerie store called Fredericks of Hollywood. Fredericks had a bunch of other stores throughout America, I think 35 at the time. But this one on 6608 Hollywood Boulevard was their flagship store. The real deal. They sold panties that played happy birthday and had other sexy items. And in the back, up a small flight of stairs, was a lingerie museum, which is awesome. But even awesomer is a section called the Celebrity Lingerie Hall of Fame. And don't ask me how Jim B. knew about it, but he did. And that got him excited. Jim B. quote, Once I saw people running in, I was taken over. There was something inside that was telling me, do it. So I did it. I was after Madonna's negligee that she would wear live in concert. There's a little neon sign, come visit our lingerie museum. I saw the glass break and I said to myself, I think I'm going to visit the lingerie museum. End quote. And that he did. Madonna's negligee, (laughs) the most popular item in the museum at the time, was already gone. But Jim didn't give up. He grabbed the next best thing. A pair of Ava Gardner's bloomers. Va-va-voom. And something I would have been pumped to snag myself. A push-up bra worn by Peg Bundy. From one of the greatest sitcoms of all time. Married with children. What a score. After that, Jim B. went home. But we're going to stay here for a bit. Because Fredericks of Hollywood is a cool place. During the rioting, unfortunately, 80% of their stock was stolen valued at $200,000. Yikes. But they were still very fortunate. I guess with the sign pointing people in the direction of the Celebrity Lingerie Hall of Fame being smashed early, and the fact that it's hidden in the back corner up some stairs, people didn't know about it. And just quickly grabbed those easy items up front. Madonna's negligee and the two items that Jim stole were the only things missing from the Celebrity Hall of Fame that day. Amazing. Let's go over some of the other celebrity loot they have there. The lacy garter belt worn by Susan Sarandon in Bull Durham. That baseball flick with Kevin Costner. Very nice. A fur-trimmed negligee and bra worn by Sybil Shepard in the TV series Moonlighting. Black lace panties from Zsa Zsa Gabor. Oh yeah, baby. Judy Garland's nightgown from Presenting Lily Mars. Ava Gardner's petticoat from Showboat. Ingrid Bergman's corset from the movie Cactus Flower, and not one, but two bras worn by Cher, one black and one white. Ooh, if I could turn back time, I would have gone there and snatched those myself. Obviously, those items are all pretty old, pre-1992 at the very least. They also added more stuff later on, like undies from the cast of Beverly Hills 90210. Tori Spelling, Tiffany Amber Thiessen, Kathleen Robertson, Ian Zaring, and Jason Priestley. And we can't forget boxer shorts worn by Tom Hanks and Forrest Gump. There were other unmentionables worn by Natalie Wood, Jamie Lee Curtis, Pamela Anderson, Kiss, Elizabeth Taylor, Marilyn Monroe. The list goes on and on. So a pretty cool place for sure if you're into undergarments and celebrities which apparently I am. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. 
Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. The popular bustier worn by Madonna. Bustier, bloomers, negligee. I'm not used to this terminology. Hopefully I'm pronouncing it right. But anyway, it was a big deal. And Frederic's was offering $1,000 for its safe return. No questions asked. It's still missing to this day. Either the thief still has it, or it was sold to a Madonna superfan, or some rich perv. Guess we'll never know. It was a sequin-trimmed purple undergarment with gold tassels worn by Madonna in her Open Your Heart music video and donated to Fredericks in 1987 after her first world tour. Madonna's a good sport, though. In December of 1992, she gave them a new piece of her lingerie, on one condition, that Fredericks donate $10,000 to her favorite charity, a place that provides free mammograms for the poor. A nice gesture, and Fredericks, of course, happily obliged. The Madonna Bustier remains the only item missing from the Celebrity Lingerie Hall of Fame. I know, I know, you're probably all saying, but Leroy, what about Peg Bundy's bra and Ava Gardner's bloomers that Jim B stole? Ah, yes, that's right. Well, see, our boy was losing sleep. It was eating him up inside. The guilt was too much for him. Jim B wasn't a criminal. He wasn't about that life. And his conscience was weighing heavy on him. So he went to a church in the area, the Church of the Blessed Sacrament. Blessed Sacrament Catholic Church is a parish in the Roman Catholic Archdiocese of Los Angeles, located on Sunset Boulevard in the heart of Hollywood, California. That's how they described it. And I thought, why the heck not? Let's get a couple reviews of this place of worship. It gets a very high 4.7 star average from 372 Google reviews. Patricia gave five stars recently and said, I am a Spaniard visiting LA with my sons and my daughter. Thanks for today's mass. It was very inspiring, even for the younger members of the family. We would love to have a mass like this near home, back in Spain. Well, isn't that lovely? Then we have this one star from Cody. He was not pleased with his experience at the church. And he sounds like a bit of a tool. So let's hear what he has to say. I just came home from this place, June 4th, 2023. It was a terrible and frustrating experience. Number one, very unorganized. I can't even tell you what the lesson was for the day. There was no pamphlet as a guide. The book that was handed out did not correlate with what the father was even discussing. He spoke very briefly about giving and receiving gifts. Number two, the band sounded nice, but finding the lyrics to sing along was a huge nuisance. You have to navigate to the website with your phone and hope you find the correct song. Then the page that the lyrics are on is very fidgety. You try to scroll to the next verse and it jumps to another part of the page. I could not imagine how challenging this would be if you weren't tech savvy. Due to the lack of simple access to these lyrics, you can see the majority of the audience was completely checked out and unengaged whenever the band would play. The music should be what captivates the audience and brings everyone to a higher vibration. Honestly, how hard is it to buy TV screens and mount them? 
very pathetic, actually, considering people are giving their hard-earned money every week as an offering. Number three, this lady showed up very late and brought in her French bulldog. I am a dog owner myself, so obviously I love dogs, but I could not even hear or focus on what the father was saying because the dog was so noisy, which was frustrating because he did not say much anyway. And number four, lastly, I have to mention that Father Jack was very disappointing when speaking to him afterward. He was a backhanded jerk with a fresh mouth. When I mentioned that the dog was very distracting, he smirked and said, Well, this is L.A. (laughs) Okay, Jack, yeah, you're right. I'm the idiot, huh? For wanting to be able to hear what's going on in the middle of the service. And then when I brought up the website with the lyrics to his attention, he said, Well, is it better than no lyrics? We used to not even have the lyrics at all, as he chuckled again. To answer your seemingly rhetorical question, the answer is no, Jack. It is not better. It's a disaster, especially when the solution is as simple as printing out the songs and having folders available for guests. Do better, Father Jerk. You're supposed to be someone the community can look up to. Start acting like it, because from what I can tell, you're a disgrace. Peace and blessings, Cody. Peace and blessings, he says. After all those insults, what a dipshit. This comment actually got a response from the church, and unsurprisingly, they took the high road. Thank you for taking time to give us this important feedback. We are in the beginning of a campaign of renewal at the parish, including investments in audiovisual equipment, a renewed vision, and much more. This is no small task, and we would be honored to have you investing in the parish with us and help us achieve those goals. At the very least, we hope that you would return in the future and celebrate our progress. We apologize that your experience at Blessed Sacrament did not meet your expectations. Meeting the spiritual and often tangible needs of the local Hollywood community is our highest priority. If you'd like to chat more about your experience, please contact info at blessedsacramenthollywood.org. How much you want to bet Cody did not do any of that? Anyway, getting back to the story. This is the church that Jim B. chose to go to when he just couldn't take the guilt anymore. He found a reverend, Bob Fambrini, and when he found Father Fambrini, he handed him the goods. Here's a quote from Jimmy B. I broke down. I was in bad shape. It was a very emotional moment. I unzipped the bag full of loot, and I choked up and couldn't even say anything. End quote. Yep, that's right. Our boy gave back what he stole. Well, he didn't give it back directly to Fredericks of Hollywood, the scene of the crime. That would have been too risky. But he did the next best thing in handing it over to a man of the cloth. Father Fambrini brought the risque lingerie back to Frederick shortly after, and all was well with the world. The poor reverend must have been quite the sight seeing him walk into the shop, sexy undergarments in hand. Thankfully, he didn't give in to temptation and keep it for himself. I'm just picturing Jim B. entering Fredericks a few days later and checking in on the Celebrity Lingerie Hall of Fame and freaking out when he sees the Peg Bundy Brazier display case still empty and the Ava Gardner bloomers also still missing. So then Jim runs over to the Blessed Sacrament Church and sees a blushing Father Fambrini with the perkiest man boobs he's ever seen. He gives the Reverend a wedgie with the old bloomers and storms off in a huff. <laughs> Woo! Thankfully, none of that had to happen. We'll finish this off with a final Jim B. quote. He really regretted the act of the theft, but maybe even more so, 
It was the items he took or didn't take. Final Jim B quote, If I was really smart, I would have made off with Milton Berle's in-drag costume. I was also really wanting Zsa Zsa Gabor's bra. That would have been hot. And we are back. That's a wrap on episode number 124. What a riot. Hope you enjoyed that blast from the past as much as I did. You know what time it is. Listener confession time, baby. So let's get criminal, criminal. I want to get criminal. This confession comes in from T. Norton. Big fan of your show. Been listening since episode 10. Feel like I've earned a seat with the cool kids on the bus. As an accidental small-time crime professional... I really resonate with the stories you tell. I say professional only because I was a bit of a dumbass throughout my 20s. So in my youth, there was a very popular brand I'm not going to say, but if I say AF, I don't mean what these kids today mean. So in college, some fellow geniuses and I got the grand idea to make somewhat of a statement, if you will, and drop stink bombs in retail stores at the mall. Really show the man. So my choice was the AF store. I casually went browsing through the clouds of perfume and cologne, looking at every employee and customer like I was in some spy movie. Made my way ever so smoothly to the dressing room area. Then I casually dropped the little glass vial of vileness out of my pocket. Took one last look around and stepped on that little demon glass of evil and started to walk to the front. Allegedly, I was seen with a menacing smile as I exited. A freaking employee would later tell the mall cops. At first, we all got away. We could have left right then, having made our statement or whatever we thought we were doing. However, you don't get to that professional level I mentioned by making good decisions. About an hour or so later, I wanted to go back and see the damage, really soak in my genius. As soon as I was even close to the store, I was summoned into the store by mall cops and some well-dressed AF employees. I kept to my denial and maintained my innocence right up until the mall cop asked me to put my hands on the window for a pat-down. Well, keeping true to my professionalism, I still had another stink bomb in my pocket. That was pretty much the fat lady singing. You might think the story could have ended here, but nope. I get taken to the holding cell of the mall. Yep, they exist. And left to wait. A short panic attack later, and I saw my whole gaggle of fellow pros being walked into the holding area. It would seem that as they ran cameras back, we were easily all linked to the stink. I ended up getting sued by AF for an hour of lost income at peak season for the store, totaling $3,500. Damn. And I also got banned from the mall. The AF manager showed up in court dressed to the catalog, if you will and was not happy to see me. I got probation and some community service. The judge waived the suit as long as I completed these things. The AF manager audibly and angrily scoffed, and for some reason didn't want to exchange numbers after court. If you're ever in need of a story, I made great decisions like this all throughout my 20s, happy to share my knowledge of what not to do. Keep on being awesome. I know the past few episodes you keep apologizing for where your head's at and missing a show or two. Do what you gotta do, sir, to keep the light bright in your life. This show is really great and it really stands out among all the dribble out there today. Thank you for doing what you do. 
Norton. Well, thanks, pal. That is some mighty high praise. And listening since episode 10. Thanks for sticking with me through the ups and downs. And yeah, by all means, send in more stories. My email is always open. That was a stupid thing to say. Of course it is. So yeah, send your petty crime confessions and or just weird and awkward stories in general to my open email, excuse me, that's illegal, at gmail.com. And like T. Norton over here, you too could have your story played on the air. Join the Neighborhood Watch on Patreon. Send me a huge donation on PayPal so I can retire early. Check me out on the socials, all that jazz. Links are in the show notes. Before we get out of here, I have a promo to play for you for a podcast called Twisted Travel and True Crime, hosted by my pal Sandy. What I like about her show is she really covers a wide array of stories. There will definitely be a few you haven't heard before. So give her a shot if you're looking to get more true crime in your life. I'll step aside and let her tell you all about her kick-ass podcast in a moment. As for myself, I'll meet you back here in another 10 days to serve you up a hearty helping of softcore scumbaggery. Peace! This is Twisted Travel and True Crime. Welcome aboard. Let me entertain you with crazy travel stories, true crime stories, and survival stories from all over the world. I've covered insane asylum murders, being buried alive, a crazy trip to Kinky Cottage, as well as being trapped under 100 feet of water for 60 hours. I can't forget to mention plots for financial gain, serial killers, and so much more. Please listen to Twisted Travel and True Crime on your favorite podcast platform. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.